When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Andy Brant Bernard, Mike Bryant, Mike Gelfand. And Dave Combs will join us right after this. Do you listen to Elevator Music? Touched by the music, how the story and music of Rachel's song can change your life. Dave Combs will join us right after this. What do you think? Oh, well, that's right. I got to intro the live spot, don't I? Two live spots? Since I'm actually here you for Doug. Do. That's true, you are. You're subbing in. I'm subbing in Go for Doug. Go buy a car, please. Well, I, I went into Walzer because <laughs> I need to get my oil changed. They told me it would take an hour. I was out of there in 24 minutes. Um, I got a little video showing me what they did underneath the car and what was going on with my brakes and what oh, was yeah, going they on do with that. my alignment. That's pretty cool. And uh, I got out of there, in and out. And it wasn't like I used a name or who I was or anything. It didn't matter. He just they gave me the good service like they give people all the time. So Walzer.com. <laughs> nice pukey voice. <laughs> I, Michael I Bryant. Up. Yeah, well, exactly. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Okay, so um, let's see. The roads, people are going way too damn fast. That's one of the problems that's out there. Um, and because they're going too fast, that's what leads to really bad collisions. That's what leads to deaths on the road. We had more deaths last year than in any year for, for 14 years. And that's too many. And it's because people are going too fast and they're not giving themselves enough time. And any death hurts the driver. It hurts the families that are involved. hurts a lot of people. So Give time, take care of your loved ones, make sure other people don't get hurt. Brad, Sean, Bryant. That work? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I thought it was great. (laughs) Do we still want to play the Walzer ad, or do you think that's... I think we're good. Mike's endorsement was good enough. All right, works for me, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. All right, so we're up, Andy. We're ready to go? Yes, we are ready to go. We got Dave, we got both Mike's. Everyone's here. We do indeed. Do you listen to elevator music? You know, the wordless instrumental musical pieces you used to uh, routinely find when you got in an elevator or visited your local mall or doctor. Once ubiquitous instrumental music is less common today, but perhaps we need to bring it back. Dave Combs learned about the health benefits of elevator music. Dave Combs, take over. I want to hear all about this because if the world ever needed to calm down since, let's say, 1972, what do you think? (laughs) Oh, I think now is the time that they need some calming down music, don't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dave, we, I'm telling you, man, this world is, we have lost our minds with the way far left and way far right, and everybody's in extreme. And if, I have a question for you, Dave, before we jump in, because I, I, I do a morning show in town as well, and I ask this question. 
let's say I know Dave Combs. Do you now? Do you have a wife and uh, children, or do you have children or uh, any close relatives? Just Dave? wife. Uh, my wife, my wife Linda, and we have no children. Just uh, we've been married fifty, going on fifty-two years. You got married at four. <laughs> Uh, that was Thank a compliment. Much. That was a compliment, baby. I'll take it. Okay, well, so so here's my deal. I'll, I'll use Michael Bryant because he's in the studio, and I know his wife, and he has two sons. If I go after Mike and try to cancel him and blast the piss out of him on social media and just go after him, go after him, go after him, do I not realize I'm harming his wife and his children? If he has grandchildren, you know, I, you could, you're, harm, you're harming the entire family. How do people not see that? It's weird. You're exactly right. Uh, you know, we we've gotten way too uh, acidic and and very pointed and uh, very insensitive to the uh, how we affect other people, not just them, but as you said, their entire families. Uh, especially if you're a public figure. My wife is the controller for the state of North Carolina. She is a very much oh, a public oh, figure. Oh, really? Cool. But Ooh. any any uh, any barbs against her. You know, I take those personally, you know, even though sure. she's a public figure. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it's, that's the way it is. You know, my, my wife is the controller of me. <laughs> <laughs> Gelfand. Let me cancel Gelfand. Now we're talking. No, I just, look, you want to go after me, let's go after me. But the other thing about it before I move on, Dave, and then I'll shut up because I want to hear what you have to say from top to bottom. No question about it. But I just... Uh, I just have no interest in going after somebody. There, there are people that treat me like dirt, but I don't go after them socially and try to blast them because they have children, they have a wife. They, I don't want to hurt their wife and children. Why would I want to do that? Right? Yeah, exactly. You, you, you want to treat people fairly and nicely and, and basically act like human beings and, and just be courteous and respectful. Absolutely. I love it. So Dave Combs is with us, ladies and gentlemen. Touched by the music, how the story of music and Rachel's song can change your life. What's it all about, Dave? Well, you know, 40, it was actually uh, about 41 years ago in 1980, I wrote a song called Rachel's Song. Actually, I wrote a song. It didn't get its name for two years, but I wrote the music in 1980, 81, I'm sorry. And this little song was so catchy and, uh, my, you know, I played it for family and friends and whatever. And then uh, two years after I wrote it, uh, some friends of ours had a little baby girl. And at her christening service, I went up to the front of the church after the service and I sat down at the grand piano and I played this particular melody. And uh, I said, after I finished playing it, well, from now on, we're going to call this little melody Rachel's song because that was the name of our godchild and so that name fit and it stuck and it's been that way ever since and it's just a wonderful story of how the uh, the music got its name and then it got recorded three years later and i got it played on the radio and i spent many hours with my my good friends uh, uh on the radio here in winston-salem glenn scott he and i went in the studio i i long for those days when i could come into your studio tom and we could sit across the microphones and just have a good time eyeball to eyeball. Yep, yep. But I used to, I used to do that with my good friend Glenn, and he'd play Rachel's song on the radio, and then we'd take some calls from listeners, and we'd just talk and tell stories. And but the song just took a lot, took on a life of its own. It got played on radio stations locally, and then it grew, and it eventually got played on 
every radio, easy listening radio station in the entire country. And fan mail started coming in. People would call into the radio stations, want to know more about that song, more about who, who wrote it and all that kind of thing. And you, and you mentioned elevator music. I, I contacted the king of elevator music, Muzak, way back when. <laughs> yeah, Muzak, I remember. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, so I, they they programmed Rachel's song into their programming. And, you you know, elevator music kind of has a disparaging sound to it usually. But I'll tell you one thing. If you wrote the song and you step in an elevator and hear your own song played on that elevator, it's not sure. disparaging at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could definitely yeah. see that. So what is the story of the music of Rachel's song? What is the story here? Well, I mean, why was, did you write the I, song? All my, I, all my life I've been involved with music. I grew up in a musical family. My mom and dad both played the piano, and my grandmother Combs played the piano and the pump organ <coughs> and all the harp and everything. And so I grew up around music in the mountains of East Tennessee all my life, and I just loved music and took piano lessons actually kind of sort of taught myself how to play after uh, so so many years but my way of relaxing was always to when I got home from work uh, to sit down at the piano and just play something you know how you do things of, that just relax sure. you yep. and well playing the piano and just uh, making music <coughs> was my way of relaxing and and uh I, this particular January of 1981, I sat down at my piano one evening, and I had just freshly tuned my piano. It was a 100-year-old piano. The brand was Kanabi, made in Baltimore. It was 100 years old, wouldn't hold its tune. So I'd get out my tuning fork, and I would tune it up to where it sounded halfway decent. And then I'd always want to play something pretty. And that particular time, I sat down, and I promise you, Tom, I did not intend to write a song. I didn't even really know I was writing a song. I sat down and I played this melody that just came to me, through me, to the piano. And and it just, it was all from the beginning to the end. It never changed. And it was always that song. And my wife came home from work and she says, Dave, I've had this song stuck in my head all day long. It was, you know, like an earworm. So you, and she says, uh, what is the name of this song? And she hummed a little bit of it. And I said, well, it doesn't have a name. She says, what? You play it all the time on the piano. I said, well, yeah, but it's just something that I made up. Well, she got all excited and said, well, you better write it down. Something might happen to you. So I did. Wrote it down. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> and so that, that's how it got started and how it got written, uh, the, the melody. We tried to think of a name for it. And you know how when you try to name something, it's hard, really hard. And so we never did come up with a good name until the christening service for little Rachel. Huh. And that's when it got its name and it stuck. And that's how it got written and how it got named. I think it's wonderful. Andy, we do have the song, do we not? We sure do. I would love to hear Rachel's song. Dave Combs wrote it. And uh, is this you playing it as well, Dave? No, uh, I'll tell you, after you play it, I'll tell about the, okay. the writing. Excellent. Of it. It's Gary, Gary Prim is the artist. So here it is. Here it is. Thank you. 
Beautiful. Beautiful, Dave. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. The 911 uh, operators are getting thousands of calls reporting that Tom Bernard is trapped in an elevator. <laughs> 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 Very good, Mike. Very good. Love it. Wow. You know, well, can you imagine the, uh, the the first time it got played on the radio was over in my Greensboro here next door. I mean, Winston-Salem, Winston, North Carolina. And they played it on a Saturday morning on a radio show that uh, was normally big band jazz. And then they played Rachel's song. A good friend of mine was the, the host of the program. And and the, uh, the the station manager of the radio session called me after it was played, after it played. And he says, Dave. I have never had this happen to me in my entire 20 some years in radio. He said, the, as soon as that song's played, he said, our phone bank at the radio station locked up. He said, everybody was calling in wanting to know what was that song you just played. And so that was the beginning of Tom when I knew that this song had something special about it that would appeal to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And in the long run, I heard from over 50,000 people wow. about that song. Uh, Dave, I, I will tell you honestly, it's we need more music like this. Calm everybody down. It's beautiful. Now, how, how old is Rachel now? Well, let's see. Uh, she's probably 38, something like that. And how old was she old. when she knew she had a song? <laughs> well, you know, when she was a little baby, I guess first learning to speak, and of course she, she grew up with that song being played. Right, right. And so uh, it, 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 she called it her song. Yeah, this is my song. So, very sweet. <laughs> right. huh. Now, why do you think it is that elevator music? I can't even think of the last time I heard elevator music. It's just not really done anymore. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know the the you know we used to have three or four hundred what we called easy listening uh, format stations around That's the true. country. I think there was one there right. in in Minneapolis area. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know people's. T uh, the stations, uh, the genres changed, advertising changed everything, and uh, the, the style of music changed. Uh, but there are still, I, I would just wager you that there's lots of people that are listening to your program today that some of them will, have, will remember back when they heard Rachel's song on mm -hmm. the radio. Sure. And uh, it's, it's really, it's one of those songs that has had some legs. It's, it's been, you know, 41 years since I wrote it. But it still touches hearts and souls whenever they listen to it. For some reason, I can't explain it, except that it just is is something special and soothing and calming and peaceful about it. And and that's why I ended up writing my book. Uh, they're touched by the music. Uh, all these stories about what happened when Rachel's song got played or bought or took home. And you know, when you when you get letters from fifty thousand people all of whom are telling you from their heart and soul what the music has meant to them, how it's touched them, helped them through pain or suffering, or they got married to it, or, you know, all these kind of uh, special stories. I, I decided I, I got to put these in a book. And so I did, and it's, it's, I published it in October, and it's done real well. It's called Touched by the Music. Got my picture on the cover next to my grand piano, and uh, <laughs> it's, it. it's done real well. Oh, I'm I'm really glad. And and again, the book is called. And the book, by the way, is available on Amazon and many other places. Touched by the music, how the story of, uh, and music of Rachel's song can change your life. Did you ever think at some point, Dave, that when Rachel got a little bit older in her 20s or 30s or whatever situation, that she might want to write 
some words to her own song? Did she ever think about that? Well, I don't know. She never really ever told me that. Now, I did. I do have boxes full of letters from people who did sit down and write <laughs> yeah, their own so. words yeah. to it. And, and, and yet I've gotten some several uh, messages from people says, please don't ever record this with words. <laughs> because when I when I hear the song, I want to put my own thoughts and feelings into sure. it and not somebody sure. somebody mm -hmm. else's. And so I have honored that wish. And so so far, I've never recorded it with words, uh, although there's lots of people that say it, it sounds very lyrical and, and they put their own thoughts in it. It is interesting. It is. There's a lot of songs out there that are great songs, but the lyrics are just so bad that they almost ruin the song. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, everyone's a lyricist. Ever, you know, I listen to a song sometimes, and I, being having been in the studio now uh, many, many times, having mm. recorded over 170 songs, but uh, when you're in the studio, uh, listening to those musicians play the, the tracks for the singers or whatever, Sometimes I just I wish I could just you know mute out all the singing parts and I just love mm -hmm. to listen to that backtrack of the, the the fabulous musicians that play the the music behind mm -hmm. the stars. You know, I want to ask a question. This might sound a little bizarre, but it just makes you think. You know, and how how gentle that song is, how calming it is, and all the rest of it. But a question for Mike and Andy and Mike Bryant and you, Dave, is where would we have been if we had never discovered music? Mm. That'd be Difficult amazing. Wow. It's like asking, yeah. uh, what if we had never learned to walk? Yeah. Kind of thing. It's, it's so universal to humanity. It's like, you know, how do you separate yeah. the two? I suppose. Very, I that's mean, an it's... interesting question because I think probably music and speech came along probably no, about definitely. the same time. Sometimes. I cannot awesome. imagine some, yep. somebody uh, not being able to vocalize because, you know, if you listen to the birds, the birds sing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's true. Yeah, all speech is melodical to some degree. Oh, if you just true. talk all at one tone the Except entire time, people will think you're weird. No, Germans are <laughs> melodical. It's just, a, it's just a very harsh That's melody, right. is all. It's a dirt. Nine! Uh, <laughs> one of the well, great you, you asked me about uh, who, who recorded the song, and it was mm -hmm. uh, when I was, I was working for Western Electric at the time. In fact, one of the places I spent a lot of time was in Egan. Minnesota, I'm sure you know oh. where that is. Yeah, uh, there was a company that had did manufacturing software. Their headquarters was in Egan. So I spent a lot of time in Minneapolis and Egan. But uh, one of the other places that I traveled with my, my work at AT&T and Western Electric was to Nashville, Tennessee. Huh. And so that was one of the places where my wife said, well, while you're there, why don't you get a demo recording made of Rachel's song? Ooh. And because up until that up until that point, it had never been recorded, just played by me. So I did. I found a studio and uh, got uh, hooked up with a young musician, studio musician by the name of Gary Prim, P-R-I-M. You can Google or uh, search him. He is a fabulous musician played on. He's a studio musician. So he, he I think the only solo albums he's ever done are the ones that he's done for me. But he's he's played for all the big stars. You, you can't name a musician in Nashville and ask him, do you know Gary? Prim? Oh, yeah, I know Gary. He is just a his reputation is really stellar. And he's a wonderful young man. He's he, I, he's like a brother to me now. We've done, you know, over 170 songs together uh, in the studio. But uh, he's just a, a wonderful musician. I could not believe my ears when 
you know, you can imagine somebody like me that I'd never been in a studio before, didn't know how about making records, how that even worked, and go into a studio and, and hear Gary sit down at the piano and take my little song that I'd only sent him the melody and the chords, so that's all he had to go on. And he sits down at the piano and plays my song, and then he adds the strings and the horns and the, all the, 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 the accompanying instruments and whatever, and I cannot believe my ears. And so uh, when I ended up with that session, I, I thought, well, this is, this is it. I just could not believe what I was hearing. And uh, so that was my introduction to Gary Prim and recording and uh, realizing that this song was really, really special and especially special when, we, when Gary got through with it. Uh, that was just an, a watershed moment in my life when I, it was kind of, to me, akin to the birth of a baby. It was, I walk in with a piece of paper and I walk out with a song. And by the way, the song you just heard is that original demo song. It has never been remastered, re-recorded, anything. That's the demo. So you can imagine my excitement of when I walked out with that recording of my song that just took oh, off. That? You know, everybody that heard it was touched by it. Sorry, there was an explosion yeah. in the other room. I think room somebody just got shot. We were a little distracted. <laughs> well, that's not good. They're doing construction on the uh, other units in this building, and sometimes it literally mm -hmm. does sound like cannon fire. Boy, I really missed that. I got it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I'm looking at the the greatest instrumentals of all time, and uh, that instrumental that, that you just played for us, Rachel's song, is magnificent. Uh, you know, you got Puccini, you got uh, Beethoven, you got Mozart, wow. and you got Dave. I like it, Dave. You're right in there. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Tom. I'm in high <laughs> cotton when you're high cotton with all those composers, I'll tell you. <laughs> A little high cotton, baby. I, I just, you know, I, I'll be very honest with you. I'm Even though I, you know, I grew up... Uh, in a different era, I guess, when I was a little, little baby, uh, Elvis Presley came along. But uh, I've always, and I, I think most people probably is true, instrumentals hold a special place. When I want to, you know, when I sing along with Elvis or the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Prince or whomever it is, that's one thing. But I also need to listen to instrumentals once in a while for the very reason I think you wrote that song, because we need calm and peace in our lives, right? Yes. Uh, many of the letters that I've gotten were basically telling me how much, and I guess the word peace is probably the most frequent word used in all of the communications that I got from people. And uh, there's just something peaceful about sitting down and listening to, uh, whether it's that song or uh, another one of the, your favorite instrumental uh, pieces, was it Henry Mancini's song, or uh, listen to Roger Williams play the piano, or, you know, just those kinds of songs just uh, take you to a place where you're not thinking about all your, your trials and troubles. You're you're thinking about something beautiful and peaceful. No, no doubt about it. I, Catherine is not here today, but uh, we we've been married for 41 years. And one of the things that I really love about her is she has a, a great appreciation for music. And she and I got to sit down and live hear Puccini sing Nessun Dorma. And I will never, ever forget that, Dave. It was unbelievable. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. That wow. boy could belt out a tune, you know, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Wow. So where can people can can people purchase uh, Rachel? 
Rachel on uh, Rachel Song online. How, how do they go about it? Well, you can go to Amazon.com, and there you'll find my book, Touched by the Music. And, and I think right down at the bottom, it usually says, when you buy the book, people also purchased, and it's and there's my CD of Rachel's song. So the two of them kind of go together, but Rachel's song, the CD, and the Touched by the Music book, both are available on Amazon. And the book's available anywhere books are sold, you know, at Barnes & Noble, all these right. places, they can get the book. Or you can just, uh, an easy thing to do is go to my website at combsmusic.com. And there you'll find links to all of my music. All I have 15 albums of music, 11 piano music books. You know, one of the things that happened, Tom, was people that play the piano, if you play the guitar or play the piano or play an instrument and you hear a great song, if you're, an, if you're a musician, you want to play it yourself. And so mm -hmm. I, I had, I went back and I transcribed the music that Gary played on 11 of my uh, albums, note for note. I carefully transcribed them so that they, when you play it from the music on the, in the book, it's exactly what Gary played in the studio. So I have 11 piano music books and the 15 music albums. And now my, my paperback or audible or, uh, if you want to listen to my southern accent, read the book to you for about eight hours. <laughs> you can buy the audible version of my book, or it's available in digital form on it as a Kindle. So they, you can get all those things at Amazon.com or just go to CombsMusic.com and you can find out all about it. You know, I'll tell you, Dave, I got some wiseacre listeners. I've been on the radio now for 51 years off and on, and I've had the same morning show for 37 years. So I got a lot of listeners that write me things. And one just wrote, didn't your mother write the song, What Did I Do to Deserve This About You? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Dave, come back soon. I would like to talk to you more about beautiful, beautiful song. I feel better today just because of you, Dave. Thank thanks, you. Dave. Well, thank you. I'm honored that you had me on today. It's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. We will be right you back too. in a couple of minutes with the family. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender.
Tom here, and I really love my pillow. And now they're offering my pillow towels, 100% USA cotton. You get two bath, two hand, and two washcloths, 60-day money-back guarantee. And right now, my pillow towels, originally priced $109.99, now a flash sale, $39.99 with promo code KQRS. This amazing deal is yours by going to the radio listener specials at mypillow.com. Enter promo code KQRS. That's mypillow.com. Promo code KQRS. There it is, the pretzel. Huh? You know, one thing I, I really love the way. <laughs> you got a little Sounds delay, great. Yeah. He was singing in 49, you were singing in about 65. <laughs> Why? I thought we didn't have a delay anymore. There's always going to be some delay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose some. That's probably true. Okay, well, I have a question for you guys because I cannot remember the name of my favorite damn song. It means I just, my brain is falling apart. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. It goes. I have no idea. Song. Name that tune. I'm yeah, going to name that tune. Do, 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 Maybe one of the listeners can. Uh, uh, God, I, I can't even remember I know who what you're does. talking about. I actually, love that song. What, I what, can't name it. What? The area is it in, or what type of song? What era? It? it was, you know, it's classical music from God. I know a couple oh. hundred years ago, okay. or whatever, 150 years ago, or whatever. Hmm. But uh, just be Alex actually played it at her wedding. I do remember it. It's just uh, magnificent. You know, I do need, and I don't know about you guys, but I do need once in a while sit down and listen to music like that, just to you know, to relax and calm down and all the rest of it. And, and you know, other times you want to rock out like a some bitch, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You do need times you sit down and listen to things like Rachel's. That is a beautiful song. I mean, Dave's not on with us anymore, but that is a spectacular song, See, I I've, think. I've got Inner Sandman, so it's, you know, that's where I'm at. There's a lullaby, so, you know. It actually came on KQ as I drove up, so I had to sit in the parking lot and listen to it before It's a great song. Yep. It is a great song, no doubt about that. I just wanted the guy to say Mike. I like the way he talked. Mike. He would have said Mike. Hey, Mac, how you doing, Mac? Playing the piano? Piano. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. piano, it's yeah. piano. Well, I wanted to hear him say ot when he was given a date. That was back in 19-ot. 19-ot. No, Tommy, let me ask you a question. Is that one guy on your show a Jew? No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he just didn't kidding. say that. No. <laughs> Nobody was thinking it. He Gil Fano. It's very powerful Judar. Yeah. He can go he can do it through the internet and then through a phone. It's mm-hmm. Very impressive. Where did that come from again, Mr. Gelfan, the guy that thought your name was Gelfano? That's a great story. That was like the uh I think it was probably about the first week when I uh, when I went to uh went to work for the Minneapolis Tribune. The Minneapolis and it was because there was that one year there before the computers uh, took over our lives, and we were actually typing out, typing out stories, and then and then the the uh, after it was edited, it would go downstairs to the linotype operator. Sure, sure. And of course, they would they would they they had uh, they would they would type, they would type the uh, the stories themselves, and it would go, and then the, it would be cast in metal, and so um, sometimes they had a little trouble uh, with names, and the linotype operators. And uh, so, uh, you know, my byline was M. Howard Gelfand, and I could go into the story about that, but I won't now, maybe someday. 
So, so yeah, so then so so then this the byline came out uh, McHoward Gelf McHoward Gelfano or something like Mick that. McHoward Gelfano. Yeah, it's <laughs> very like close. a combination of uh, various cultures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Scottish and, and the line Italian. Of type operators. So so when we this is an interesting little little piece of history. We we uh, so what happened was when we went to cold type from hot type, which meant that our stories would just be would just be uh, after the stories were edited, they would they would just be sent down to the computer, which would uh, which would produce galleys of the stories. So the line of type operators were out of business essentially. So what happened was then the, the line of type operators got the job of cutting and pasting the galleys. So they would you know they would they would cut. They would cut the, uh, the, the what the computer produced, the, the sheets. They would they would trim them down and then put and then paste them into galleys. So uh, at the, at the, so later on later on I was working uh, I w- I, when I was covering baseball in the off season I would work as the night sports editor, and we would produce four editions of the uh, sports section. It was really hectic, and so I would go downstairs. To, to read the galleys as they, just to make sure everything was was where it was supposed to be and the line of type operators then they they uh, they would have these galleys they would they would have the the, the type the typeset on the, the you know the, the galleys would be on kind of a slope as they cut them and so what would happen is um, they weren't great at cutting and pasting so after about four editions at the bottom of, of the rack, the uh, there, there would just be like a pool of blood. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, because they had a little trouble, you know, and and they tended to cut themselves. And uh, after a few a few weeks, I decided I'm not going down there anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, so it's not as easy as it seems. I guess that's the moral of the story. It never is. No, I suppose that's probably true. But uh, I've always loved the oh. McHoward Gelfano story. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and uh, there are, there are still a few people who call me that. It, it oh, did kind of catch on. <laughs> I suppose it, it did with me. I know that. Well, a couple of people from the from the uh, from the paper, they just they just took to it, and, and uh, word spread. And uh, I think the managing editor, uh, who hated my guts, uh, I think he called me that. <laughs> who was that? Because he couldn't because he couldn't say my name. That was Wally, the managing editor. Wally's job is a managing... Well, no one knew what his job was. No one knew if he did anything. <laughs> he, 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 he was cloistered all day in this, in this little office. And no one ever saw him in the newsroom, although he, if he walked out of his office and went to the left, he'd be in the newsroom. But he always walked out and went right to go home. And, uh, yeah, the guy didn't like me too much. Uh, Why? He felt his job was to make the paper as boring as possible. Oh yeah, his job. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he uh, he would publish a weekly uh, a weekly little newsletter called Kudos and Catastrophes, <laughs> and and in it he would list you know he would list like fifteen fifteen great things that some one reporter or the other had done for the week, and so one week he was lavishing praise you know congratulations to. To uh, Jack Kaufman, that was really his name was Jack Kaufman. Congratulations to Jack. Ka- Jack Kaufman. Kaufman. That that was his name. Mm. Oh, why, Mom and Dad? Too bad. Why? 
And I know, but he was a great guy and a terrific journalist. So it would be things like uh, kudos to Jack Kaufman for his four-part series on uh, the legislature and in, you know, and, and he'd go on and on. And at the very bottom, he wrote, kudos to Mike Gelfand for doing an adequate job of covering City Hall. <laughs> an adequate job. <laughs> an adequate job. Adequate. That's yeah. what we want to hear, baby. Perfectly sufficient. Yeah, uh, you know how you long for that word adequate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One that I never heard much in other contexts. <laughs> that makes sense. Makes plenty of sense. We have yeah. got- Joe on the phone. What's up, Joe? How much? How you doing? I'm very calm and peaceful now, thanks to Dave. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I was really calm and peaceful yesterday. Why? I had, oh. had my heart cap. Yeah, that's right. You had, you had a heart cap. Got his result that's back. Right. He didn't get a stent. Nope. That's nope. good. And no plaque in that heart, which is good. That is good. Well, did you see you that Tom? coming? I said, did you see that coming? You would have no plaque and you didn't have to get a stent or anything? Did you anticipate bigger problems than there actually were? No, I was actually anticipating getting a stent. Yeah. But yeah, so I they thought. They said my heart was A-OK. It's like, OK. Then I guess I go, I'm just a fat ass that needs to lose weight. That's why I'm out of breath all the time. <laughs> well, OK. Oh, so you're out of breath all the time. That's what drove it? Yeah, I was... Uh, uh, Dr. Ford wanted, wanted me to clue through my, my primary care provider that I was okay. I went to see my primary care provider, and she kind of had grew little horns because she wanted me to do this back last spring, but I didn't have the uh, finances to do it at that time, so I blew it off, and now I don't have a choice, and I had the finances, and so I had to see a pulmonologist and a cardiologist, and the cardiologist thought he saw something. That's why he wanted to do a cap. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Uh, well, he's doing his job, yep. Yeah. That was a really interesting concept, too. I'm very, very glad they didn't, they went through the arm and not through the groin like they sometimes do. Oh, they yeah. often yeah, do, yeah, right. bigger veins. Because I was laying there, had my right arm immobilized, and the guy, the doctor says, okay, it's, it's going to feel like your arm's really hot. Yep. What he didn't tell me is it's going to feel like it was being dipped in goddamn lava. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you well. had a cat, though? I have. Oh, yeah? Yep. He's uh, he's not lying? He is not lying. Uh-huh. Nope, that warm fluid is Is it the iodine? I, don't, I, I actually, did, did they tell you what it was? No, he just said it was going to get really hot. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get hot. Mm, yeah, it's probably iodine, the contrast fluid. I don't, I don't, really, I don't really, really know how calves work super well but it's some sort of contrast fluid and they all have a tendency to burn like that yeah uh, i was laying there for a while and i opened my eyes and i had this white box above my head I'm thinking what the hell is this thing and i said okay i gotta find out what's going on i said how long before you guys start oh we're almost done we're halfway through they go wait what so i guess it was um Pretty doped up. Tried to catch huh. a nap. Didn't work really well. <laughs> you tried to catch a nap while they were doing the exam on you? Yeah. Yeah, because they don't like that when you fall asleep and your body starts jerking. <laughs> they don't care for that at all. Nope. <laughs> well, they, they, uh, they tape my arm down so I wouldn't move. Right. Absolutely. Which is yeah, good because touch. even if I wasn't catching a nap, it would 
proposal positive that wasn't taped down. Mm-hmm. I I'm I have a serious serious issue with sitting still for too long of a time and sitting in one position. I felt like the Frankenstein's monster the way I had me all tied up and it's the oxygen thing up my nose and uh, blood pressure cuff on the left arm and screw around with my right arm and. They get all done. I'm looking at my arm. I got this pressure cuff on my arm. It's like I got a hole in my arm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. I'm telling you. All right, Joe. I'm glad you're uh, no stent. Congratulations, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's wonderful. What did you say, Michael? I said congratulations. I'm glad you didn't get a stent. Thank you. Me too. Now go eat some meat. <laughs> Real fatty meat, I'm if you possibly No, very, very lean meat. meat. Very lean meat. You gotta, yeah, you gotta stay away from the fatty meat. Just get some lean meat here, okay? Just well, I understand get that, but my my mom's a health coach. She um, went to school for that, and she, you know, I'd, I'd like to defer to what to her expertise sure. with it. And she says it's only for now. And I just picked up two chicken, four chickens for less than 30 bucks. And I can cook a whole chicken in the instant pot in less than a half an hour. Hmm. I got uh, meat for sandwiches. Cool. We got some fish to we can fry up, some salmon. Just got to, you know, stop eating like a pig. You'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. Right? Alex means no more fast food. Yeah, that's fast, that's a big fast one, food yeah. makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, does it really wow. good fast food? Yeah, really? there's a lot of salt oh, yeah. and fast food. And well, a salt lot of, and fat, yep. yep that's salt all, and fat. That's all fast food is. Yep. Salt and fat. And, and it's really not that already, good. When you think about that's it, true. very it really rarely is. at the end of yeah. it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really good. Except for mm. McRib. McRibs are different. That's right. Everyone <laughs> loves the McRib. I've oh, never had never it. Had it just doesn't I haven't either. Sound I would good. drive from here to Duluth to get a McRib if I heard they had it right now. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I love McRibs. Well, I've never had one there, so they're really good. Yep. I did the they commercial are. for I Actually, I was the voiceover for the commercial for the McRib. Did you, you know that? I did not yep. know that. Oh, I did McDonald's for several years. Yeah, I knew you I did, did all McDonald's. I didn't know you didn't didn't did McRib though. Although you know who started doing the McRib? Who? Tony Joe White. There's oh. a barbecue going on at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yep. salad in. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy right there. But he called it McDonald's. He Mac didn't say Donald's. McDonald's. He said McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was terrific. All right, we do have to take a break here. Joe, thank you for your time, take sir. Care, Joe. All right. Have a good day, sir. Bye. Thank you, Joe. Joe calling Bye-bye. in, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Um, one, th- one thing before we do go to break I want to bring up, because I don't know why they do this, that news services, whether it's television news, most radio news, uh, the Internet, newspapers, or whatever, there is a statement In the Star Tribune, and I wish they would be more clear about this because I thought something totally different was happening. And the headline uh, says, Minneapolis-St. Paul to require vaccine proof for bars and eateries. Yeah, they did that. But that's not true. What do you mean? It's either vaccine proof or a negative test within the last 72 hours. Right. Yeah, it's not and, it's or. Correct. Yeah. So why don't they... 
tell you the whole story. It, oh, it looks they, like if you're not vaccinated, you can't get in, which is not true. That's it's just it's it's garbage editing or writing that's the problem. It, I would say that that would be less than adequate on the old on the old daily newsletter. Well, it's no, you mean. It's, in other words, it's the headline. Yeah. The it is a headline, yes. That's the problem. It's the headline. It's the headline. And, but... and that'll happen because the people who write the headlines, uh, in some cases, they're just glancing at the story and then writing the headline. <sighs> but you can't do that, Mike. It's bad work. I know. I, I just don't it. get it. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I've been in radio my whole life. What does that tell you? I mean, the the problem I have with the, the you know foxes of the world and the CNNs of the world and headlines like that is like, don't try to shove your ideas down my throat. Would you tell me the whole story and then I'll make up my own mind? What do you say? Is is the problem that editors just don't read the story, Mike? That they just kind of glance at it and they just true. they just throw something up thinking that's what the story is about. Uh, and, and also the other thing is is that um, they, the the people who write the headlines they don't it's not like they it's not like they talk to the reporter and and run it by them oh sure which, which would be a good idea yeah but but right. that that doesn't happen what the worst thing that happens from the reporter's perspective is when it's like you'll have one great line that you're leading up to in your in your piece mm-hmm. and they'll use it in the headline <laughs> <laughs> happens a lot oh yeah that's terrible i, that I wrote a terrible. story and, and they don't they'll just glance at the story so one time i'm i'm walking past the copy desk and this guy says hey gelfand didn't even list tell what the score was in the game <laughs> and uh and they're all laughing hysterically and uh I I was just lucky I was walking by and I just looked at the copy editor and I said, um, the, the, the read the lead to me, would you? And so he said, yeah, Larry Heisel drove in the only run of the game with a home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that should kind of tell you what the score was. Yeah, I'll tell you what the score was. <laughs> Everybody's a moron, aren't they, Mike? Uh, you know, in, in, in the worst possible context, I could tell you stories, yeah, but I, I would say everybody's capable. The smartest people are capable of being a moron, but the morons are not capable of being smart. So there's there a difference. <laughs> You're absolutely right. All right, I just wanted to clarify that because I thought for 24 hours, because I just saw the headline, didn't read the story, and I am vaccinated, so it didn't matter to me one way or the other. I'm that vaccinated and boosted, so I could have gotten in. But I thought that's going to be real. That's going to destroy business downtown. Well, yeah. now that if you have to show a negative test, that's not going to destroy business because getting. Now, is it true that it costs a hundred bucks to get a test? Because that's it cost me, I think ninety dollars. I don't think it's cost me anything. Really? I've been tested five times. I mean, maybe. It, well, there it, you go. Yeah, it's cost my health insurance something, but you know, it's I haven't never paid anybody in. I well, you what can, I would. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say you can go online for ten or fifteen bucks. You can buy a home testing kit. Now, does that count? I don't know if those are accurate, though. Are they? Well, they say that they can. That they're they're. It's possible that they'll that they will produce a, a false negative. I believe that's mm-hmm. what they're saying. Right. Not so much, right. but if it but if it tests positive, you're screwed. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, so it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's another. I don't know if that that's probably not answered in the story. But yeah, I, I do. I do wonder about that. 
Yeah, it's uh, I just the, the only thing once again we always talk about being good to poor people and people of color and all the rest of it, and then every time we put a new rule in place, it costs a fortune. So the poor people and a lot of people, white people of color, can't afford it. Officer so Dave, that's the problem. Says the home kits are not allowed. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So the home kits aren't allowed. Yeah, because they're not very accurate. All right, we do have to take yeah. a break. We'll come back and continue the conversation. Just a couple of minutes from now. 